0: okay hello dear friends good uh, afternoon such a beautiful beautiful afternoon and uh, i am uh, about to read the book and i can go inside to read but i always think the lighting the natural lighting has so much beauty and comfort in it i think you can feel it even with this noise Right, let's do it. Okay, the beggar, and uh, this one is a still from the book, The Adventures of Odysseus. Such a, a beautiful uh, painted book. The beggar. The next morning, it was Telemachus, who was the first, to make the journey across the island and up the hill to the feasting hall. Already the suitors were enjoying themselves at Odysseus' expense. Feasting, drinking, talking, laughing, singing, Telemachus came to the door. He stepped onto the threshold stone, lifted the lash, and pushed the door open, <coughs> So there are a bunch of, uh, bunch of uh, journals, and uh, they came to Odysseus' uh, feasting hall, his palace, and uh, drink, sing, dance, and just uh, the, the destroying, it's just... Uh, Just doing whatever they like. The suitors fell silent. They stared at him. Telemachus smiled grimly. Yes, it is me. I am home. Perhaps it was my crops you were hoping to see. (laughs) Carried through these doors and laid out on one of the tables, or maybe my ghost, my shade, walking through the closed door. But no, this is me. Skin, flesh, bone, and beating heart. Buddy, take a look. This is me, real person. Get ready. He made his way across the hall, threading between the tables and up the stairs to his mother's lonely bedchamber. When Penelope saw Telemachus, she ran to him and threw her arms around his neck. <gasps> if that's me, I will do exactly the same thing for my own son. I will have... Uh, a polar bear hug. Okay. Not me. This story is not about me anyway. She soaked his shoulder with her tears. Telemachus told her about his journey to Sparta. He told her how he had met red-haired Menelaus and Mini Laos, and beautiful Helen. Mm, beautiful Helen. She told her how many Laos had explained that Odysseus was being held captive by a nymph called Calypso on an island far, far, far across the blue waves of the sea. Penelope shook her head. If he were going to come home, I feel sure he would have returned by now. And now the time has come for me to choose a new husband. But which one to choose and how to choose him? You know, who can imagine just across the sea will take 10 years time. So... um, So, Penelope uh, is a very fidel person. She does not want to marry to another person. She still loves uh, Odysseus, and she still wants to go back to him. But, uh, but the, the, the situation is becoming that uh, she has to make a choice. It's just a deadline there. So she's going to make a a, a husband. Telemachus swallowed the urge to tell his mother the joyful news that Odysseus had indeed returned home. But that is coming on. (laughs) He has to hold it. Hold on, young man. You hold on. Don't spill the beans. Meanwhile, Odysseus, in the shape of an old beggar, was crossing the island. He came to the hill and began to follow the winding path that led up to his hill, to his hall. Everything was exactly as he remembered it, except for the sounds of roady feasting coming through the closed door of the hall. Everything is the same. So good. It's so good to touch the green, green grass of home. Do, 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 do. he climbed the hill he passed a dun heap oh my lying on top of it uh, lying on top of it was an ancient dog when the old dog saw the beggar it lifted its head and sniffed at the air its thin leathery tail began to wag it pulled it's, it pulled itself up, on its legs. spindy legs. Spindly legs, hobbled over to the old beggar and licked his head, his hand. Odysseus looked down, and recognized Argos, his faithful dog whom he had trained as a puppy all these long years before. Oh my goodness, I forgot how long a dog can live, but this is a 20 years old dog. In dog age, in human age, that must be, you know. But in the moment of the old dog's happiness, death stuck. Argos suddenly crumbled and fell lifeless to the ground at his feet. Odysseus reached down and lifted the dog gently in his arms. He carried it away from the dun heap and laid it tenderly on the soft grass. As he looked down at the dead dog, he remembered the welcome he had once imagined for himself as he sailed away from the shores of Troy. He wiped away a tear and carried on. Climbing the hill, he stepped onto the threshold stone. He lifted the lash and pushed open the door of his hall. His ears were filled with the sounds of drunken laughter, and his nostrils with the smell of sweat and smoke, spilled wine and roasting meat. He entered and made his way from table to table, his arms outstretched, begging for food. No one of the suitors, not one of the suitors, not one of the revelers, took any notice of the old beggar. Until he came to the back of the hall, sitting at a table covered with wooden dishes of sliced meat and half-empty wine skins, was a suitor whose name was Antinos, 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 A-N-T-I-N-O-U-S, Antinous, Antinous, Antinous. When he saw the old beggar, he shouted, Go away! Take your fussy, flea-bitten mouse-ridden carcass elsewhere before we throw you to the docks. It was at that moment that Telemachus came down from his mother's bedchamber. Antinous he said not only do you eat us out of house and home not only do you eat us out of house and home you also break the sacred laws of hospitality in my father's feasting hall old men come sit down with great with great kindness and consideration telemachus showed the old beggar, where he could sit, he fetched meat, bread, and wine. He broke the bread with his own hands and gave it to the beggar. Telemachus, this might be Antinos. This is Odysseus. This is the old dog, Argos. Gratefully, Odysseus ate and drank. When his plate was emptied, he got to his feet and went back to the table where Antinous was sitting. He stretched out his hands once more. Perhaps now you will think again, or do you begrudge? At an old beggar the cramps from another man's table Antinous glared at him I'll give you something I'll give you something and no mistake He picked up a stool he drew back his hand and with all the strength of his arm, he hurled the stool at the old beggar. The stool stuck Odysseus hard, Odysseus hard, on the shoulder. But he didn't fall, falter, or fall to the ground. He stood firm, and the stool clattered onto the floor at his feet. The suitors watched. The old beggar turned and walked and walked across the feasting hall without saying a word. Wow, Antino's was such a jerk! They watched as he sat down among the shadows by the door and brooded. In silence, and brooded in silence. Then they shrugged and laughed and resumed their drunken feasting. The story of the old beggar and the stew spread from the servants to Maid Servants. From the Maid Servants, the story reached the ears of Benalupe upstairs in her lonely bedchamber. That night, she came quietly down the stairs. The suitors either had staggered drunkenly homeward or were sleeping with their cheeks in pool of spilled wine in the tabletop. Except for the occasional grunt or snore, everything in the hall was silent. The old beggar still was sitting among the shadows by the door. Benalupe whispered, Old man, Old man, come upstairs. I would like to speak with you. So everyone was drunk, or some went back home, and Benalupe went to Odysseus. Old man, I will talk to you upstairs. Okay, hello dear friends, good afternoon, such a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Let's continue the adventures of Odysseus, setting the trap. Odysseus looked up and saw his wife. He saw his wife for the first time in 19 years One night, in nineteen years, his heart soared for joy, but he bit his lip, swallowed, and said nothing. He got to his feet and followed her up to the stairs, to her bedchamber. Old man, she said, old man. Sit down. I would like to speak with you. I have heard about you from my faithful swineherd, Eumaeus. He told me that you have heard rumors that my husband, Odysseus, is on his way home with chests filled with treasure. The old beggar shook his head. Rumors, madame, nothing but rumors. I have heard nothing but rumors for 19 long years, Benalupe said. Now the time has come for me to choose a new husband and bid farewell forever to these walls that welcomed me as a wife all those years ago, the old beggar said, said, sighed, Madame, I can see your sorrow match my own, but tell me, which one of these wretched suitors will you choose, and how will you find a way of choosing him? Old man, I have been thinking about it all day, and I have a plan. Years ago, before he went to fight in distant Troy, my husband's favorite sport was archery. Sweet Odysseus would take his bow, which still hunts from a wooden pack on the wall. Of the feasting hall, and he would draw a, brow string, a bow string across it. Then twelve axes would be set in a row, in a row the length of the, his feasting hall. Twelve ceremonial axes, one behind the other. one behind the other, with their blades to the ground, their handle pointing upward, and the rings of their handle in a row. When everything had been made ready, Odysseus, I can see him now as though it were yesterday would take an arrow and fit it to the bowstring. He would draw the bowstring back and loose the arrow through the rings of all, all, all twelve ceremonial axe handles. Nobody could match him. I will set the suitors the same task. And whoever comes close, closest to Odysseus in skill, I will take as a new husband. But, old man, it wasn't to pour my heart out to you that I invited you up here. This evening, you see, I have had a dream. And often, you you traveling people are skilled at reading such things. Then, madame, tell me your dream, the old beggar said. In my dream, I kept a flock of fat white geese. I kept them in my husband's hall, and every day I fed them with my own hand. Then in one then in my dream an eagle swooped down from the mountain flew through the door of the hall slaughtered all the geese then sat on a rafter and sang the old beggar chuckled Madame, that dream is easily understood the geese are the suitors who feast in your husband's hall the eagle is audacious and one day he will return and kill all of them yes 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 old man i know that but dreams come to us through two gates either through a gate of ivory or through a gate of Horn. Those dreams that come to us through the curved and decorated gate of ivory are mere fancies, fantasies, but the dream that come to us through the burnished gate of Horn carry the truth. Which gate did my dream come through, old man? The old beggar looked at the door, at the floor be- between his feet. I wish I knew, he said. I wish I knew, Penalupe said. So do I. Then he re then she returned and called over her shoulder. "Euryclea, Clea, Euryclea, Euryclea. The door opened and an ancient servant hobbled hobbled into the room. Odysseus recognized her instantly. Euryclea had been his nursemaid. He had suckled him. He had suckled him when he was a baby and looked after him when he was a child. Euryclea, Benalube said, take this old beggar, wash his feet and give him a new warm woolen cloak for his old shoulder. The old woman beckoned to Odysseus, old man, come with me, come with me. The beggar got his feet, got to his feet and followed her. She led the beggar out of the bedchamber, and she showed him a bench where he could sit. He fetched a bowl of steaming water. She took off his sandals, and she washed his feet. She washed his ankles. She washed his calves. She washed his knees. Then suddenly, the old woman stopped. She stared in astonishment up the inside of the old beggar's side. She had seen a scar, a jagged scar. She had recognized it instantly as a scar that Odysseus had received from the tusk of a wild boar, wild boar. When he was a boy, she looked up into the old beggar's face. It's you. You are home. At last. The old beggar reached down and pressed his hand over her mouth. Shh, woman, if you love me, hold your tongue, Say. Nothing. The old nursemaid nodded. Her wrinkled face beamed with delight. She hobbled off, fetched a warm woolen cloak, and gave it to the old beggar. He threw it over his shoulder and he winked at Euryclea. She smiled fondly back at him. Odysseus made his way downstairs to the dark, silent feasting hall. He saw Telemachus sitting alone. He whispered, my son, come here, listen to me and do exactly what I tell you. Take all the weapons that are hanging from the walls and hide them in a locked chamber, in a locked chamber. If anybody asks you where they are, tell them they've become tarnished and smoke beckoned and they, they've they gone to be cleaned and sharpened. Leave only my own bow hanging from its wooden peg and the twelfth, ceremonial axes. Then, when everything is ready, ready, hide a bow for yourself among the shadows by the door, and also hide two quivers full of arrows, two swords, and two bronze-tipped spears. Then go to old Eurycleia, She alone has recognized me and knows my secret. Tell her that tomorrow, when I signal to her, she is to make her way out of the feasting hall, and she is to lock all the doors from the outside." Telemachus set to work immediately. Odysseus went outside. He lay down on some soft grass. Under the countless stars, she, he wept himself in his warm woollen cloak, whispered a prayer to our eyed Asina, closed his eyes and fell into the sweet, obliv- obliv- oblivious palm of sleep. Shroom.